Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Anything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right. Another week and the Eagle season has ended here in 2019 as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade continues. I'm Fran Duffy and I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 224. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk where I catch up with NFL film senior producer Greg Cosell to break down what we saw on film from the Eagles Sunday afternoon loss against the Seattle Seahawks. Two times the Seahawks have come out east to play this Eagles team. They come away with a 17-9 victory in both of those occasions. We'll break down exactly what we saw. We're going to save the big picture talk a little bit for next week as we look to 2020 and beyond for this Eagles franchise. But we'll focus here on this game and some of those things that we, we took away from the film after watching both the offense and the defense. But before we get into our chat with Greg, just a couple housekeeping notes here, okay, as we transition into 2020. Number one, this podcast is not going anywhere. So make sure you stay subscribed to the feed. You can catch all of the episodes we're going to do on a weekly basis here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. I've got great guests lined up over the next few weeks. Already have some episodes in the can ready to go. So we're going to be talking about some uh, topical items, but also catching up with some Eagles greats as well, kind of talking about how they came up and learned the game of football. So a lot of a lot of things that I know you guys, especially if you're Eagles fans, but even if you're not an Eagles fan, if you enjoy all 22 – Analysis, if you enjoy team building, the draft, if you enjoy free agency, all that stuff. We're going to be talking about it all here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. So just because the season's not over, you can stay subscribed to this feed. We're going to keep supplying you with content on a weekly basis. Now, ways that we're going to improve the show. I mentioned last week on the episode that we have this little survey, and it's again, it takes three to five minutes, and that survey is still live. It's going to be live for the next couple of weeks, so I implore you. If you listen to the show each and every week, you consider yourself an avid listener to the show, even if you only listen once or twice a month, really, really would appreciate it if you go on and just fill out that survey. It takes like three to five minutes. You can do it a number of different places. You can go online to philadelphiaeagles.com slash eagle eye survey. You can do it right on your phone. Uh, by just clicking on the episode and right in the details, the description of the episode where it explains what we're talking about this week. You'll see the link to the episode or to the survey in there. And then also over on my Twitter feed at FDuffy3, I post the link uh, a couple of times over the last week or so. So you can go check that survey out. And it really, again, this survey is meant to serve you guys. It's meant to serve the, you, know, you listening at home so we can make this show better and better. It has nothing to do with ads and monetization and things like that. It's all about content and trying to give you guys what you want here on a weekly basis on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. So just go do us a favor, give that a listen. Now, looking forward to the next few weeks, I mentioned we're going to keep things going here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. We are also continuing things. Uh, We have not stopped on the Journey to the Draft podcast as well. So the Journey to the Draft podcast, we're going to be going live down to the East-West Shrine Bowl next week, a week from this Monday, the the day after the Eagles lose. We will be down in St. Petersburg, Florida, the next week to cover the Shrine Bowl. We've got the Senior Bowl the week after that for the uh, uh, the Senior Bowl down in Mobile. 
It's going to be a lot of top college players going head-to-head, a lot of matchups. So if you're excited about learning more about some of the top players coming up through college, going into the NFL draft, make sure you're tuned in over to the Journey to the Draft podcast. We've been talking about all the top players around the country for the last you know few months now. Uh, every single week we've been putting out content. We'll continue to do so on a weekly basis. So if you're ready to kind of tune in to the NFL draft and, uh, and who the top players are, make sure you go subscribe to that wherever podcasts can be found. All right. Enough with the housekeeping. Let's get to the nuts and bolts. Here's Chalk Talk now with Greg Cosell. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Joining us once again here on Chalk Talk on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, our friend Greg Cosell uh, from his cushy suite at NFL Films in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Greg, uh, welcome to Divisional Round Week of the Playoffs. Obviously, a, a look, a tough loss um, for the Eagles on, on Sunday afternoon, 17-9 uh, to the Seattle Seahawks. They lose Carson Wentz after the second drive of the game, and obviously it was just uh, you know one injury, one injury on top of another uh, for this Eagles team leading up to this point, and that was the one that they could not overcome. Um, but let's let's kind of start there first. I think a lot of fans, uh, obviously, we've seen the hit right of Jadavion Clowney on Carson Wentz. But take us through what the film showed. What led up to that point? How did Carson Wentz uh, get to that point when he was hit? Well, it's actually a very well designed play. Uh, because what they did is they had Boston Scott go in motion across the formation. He was going to run a wheel route, which is a vertical route. And I forget who the wide receiver was on that side, but he ran a vertical route as well. So they were pulling the defense out on that side of the field, the left side of the formation. And they wanted to throw a screen to Sanders and and to that side. So you remove the defense from that side and say Amalu and Kelsey would be out in front leading. But Puna Ford, the D-tackle for the Seahawks, did an amazing job reading it and pretty much hugged Sanders, taking away the throw. And, and when you throw a screen like that, there's no other read. So Wentz was kind of forced to run, and he ran to his right. And, of course, we all know what happened after that. But it really resulted. Uh, it, it was a case where the offense had a well-designed play, and the defense did an excellent job. One player, Puna Ford, did an excellent job, and therefore the play was not there. Yeah, and obviously uh, Carson uh, sticks with the team through the next few plays. Uh, they did get a first down off a penalty, and they were able to move the ball a little bit, but uh, they ended up punting on the drive. He goes to the sideline, uh, reportedly you know, by from teammates, checked himself into the protocol, uh, and that was that. And to me, after that, I mean, I, you know, Doug Peterson said after the game that they kind of had to cut the playbook down. They want to cater to what Josh McCown's strengths were. Uh, you know, they, they just couldn't they couldn't get into a rhythm. Uh, they were able to really there were times where they did get into a rhythm. They were able to string some plays together. So I, I kind of spoke a little bit out of turn there. There were times where they did get into a rhythm and move the ball. To me, it was just such, the, the big thing that stands out is situational football was such a strength for this team, especially yes. down the stretch. Third down, they were outstanding. Red zone, they were outstanding. And then when you look at the final numbers uh, from Sunday, they finished 3 of 11 on third down. They finished 0 for 3 in the red zone. They're 0 for 2 on fourth down. When you lose by nine, by eight points, I mean, those plays, those, those add up, and those lead to missed opportunities that they could have put points on the board. Yeah, the red zone was, was critical, and I thought that they really struggled. And again, if you're a Seahawks fan, you say the Seahawks did a great job with red zone defense. But the Eagles had a couple of real opportunities in the red zone. And um, I think what the Seahawks did extremely well was play their zone concepts, both in the tight red zone and the high red zone. And, and they played a lot of zone. They played sort of that red zone cover two, cover four where the safeties are split and you have kind of have that middle defender because the field is shorter. He's kind of a 
middle hole defender. You know, you can call him whatever you want. Yeah. Um, but they did a really nice job. The the one that really stood out to me was that first possession of the third quarter where they started it off with a 32-yarder to Ertz. Really well-designed play awesome. against cover three. Yep. Nice high-low concept, beautifully executed. And then they get down, it's third and goal, and uh, the Seahawks did a really nice job in their zone concept, that, that red zone, that tight red zone, cover two, cover four, of taking away, in a sense, both throws because McCown looked to Goddard on the slant. Yep. That was taken away by right. Then he looked to his left to Ertz, but that was taken away by the safety McDonald. And he felt the pocket closing in and he was sacked by right. Now, how many times have we seen in that situation Carson Wentz make a play? Yeah. And sometimes the red zone requires a quarterback to make a, a second reaction play, which Carson Wentz has been very, very good at in his career. And, and they turn into touchdowns. Obviously, that did not happen here. And McCown was sacked and they had to kick a field goal. Yeah, I think there were times, uh, you know, they got into that area of the field and, you know, there was a three-play sequence that I can remember where, uh, you know, they take a delay of game where, you know, they're inside the five and now the delay of game sends them back. Now they're close to the 10. You get a dropped snap then on a run where Miles Sanders, if he had taken the handoff, if he had taken it clean, you know, there, there was room. The offensive line had gotten movement. There wasn't anybody really immediately at that second level. They would have been able to get close up to the goal line, if not, you know, reach into the end zone. Uh, and then the next play, they took a sack. And I think when you start looking at those things, you know, those self-inflicted wounds, wounds do mount up. The Eagles took some penalties, a lot of false starts in this game. I got to think the, the change in cadence from Carson Wentz yep. to Josh McCown played a little bit of a part in that as well. Uh, you know, there was just a lot of those scenarios. The ball ended up on the ground three times, I believe. It, it was just one of those things where, they, you know, the obviously unable uh, to reach the end zone. It's tough to win. It's tough to win a game like that against the Seattle Seahawks, especially when you got a quarterback on the other side who's playing out of his mind. We'll, we'll get to that uh, in a little well, bit. But the other thing too, is I think that plays into this is the, the inability of, of McCown, not, not because he's not capable. It's just, he's not the starter getting all the reps yeah. to really change plays at the line of scrimmage. Because I remember when the Eagles played the um, uh, Patriots, I remember watching Bill Belichick's press conference during the week and he talked about the fact that Wentz was so good at the line of scrimmage and that there's something that you had to really be aware of defensively because he had such a good feel for defenses. And this is Bill Belichick talking about yeah. it. So I think you lose a little of that, you know, and, and when I say a little of that, that's a big deal, um, particularly against a defense with the Seahawks. That's, you know, not that detailed and, and complicated. So, you know, you, you're able to do those kinds of things. And I think you'll lose a little of that when your backup quarterback comes in who doesn't get a lot of snaps during the week. Yeah, and it's a great point because even Doug Peterson mentioned that on that final play, that fourth down play down in the red zone uh, that essentially ended the game. Uh, there was a, a kill on that play that uh, Josh McCown had tried to communicate, but not everyone got the call, so not everyone was on right. the same page. So, you know, he wasn't able to get rid of the football. Now, a lot of people say, oh, well, at least just throw it up, get the ball out of your hand. Um, but if you're not, if people aren't where you expect them to be, uh, it's tough to do in, in that kind of situation. So, um, yeah, it was, it was obviously, it was just a tough performance you, you hate to see it end that way after what this team had done to be able to claw back into contention they win the nfc east second time in three years they go to the playoffs uh for the third straight season but um look it was we'll talk big picture next week i think looking at this game certainly one of the big things was losing carson wentz and i think also once he went out 
I think if, if McCown was playing with a full deck or even a, a half deck of you know what the Eagles have in terms of their overall talent on the roster, you know you, if the offensive line is intact, if Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson are out there, and then now it's okay, we can they can try and run the ball here with Miles Sanders. They can try and get downhill. They just they couldn't get a ton going on the ground. There were some plays here and there. I thought Miles Sanders ran the ball fairly well. There were some yards I thought he left on the field overall, but I thought that he was able to make some people miss. He busted some nice runs out to the outside. We saw him on the toss plays. I mean, he, he tried to make the especially uh, with that bum ankle, him making plays I thought was, was uh, good to see on the, on the running game and in the passing game as well. No, and I thought they actually had some success running to the perimeter in this game. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think the dynamic of the game changed. Obviously, that's not a profound statement when Wentz went out. Right. And I think probably as an offense, it's not a sense of desperation, but I think there's just a sense that some of the things that you had planned on doing that you felt very good about doing – just are no longer really part of your playbook at that yeah. point. And I think that changes your whole approach. Um, and I think it was evident watching the tape, you know. And and look, at the end of the day, we've talked about this all year. They've been able to overcome it. But, you know, they're, they're playing with Deontay Burnett. They're playing with Shelton Gibson, who I think had 9, 10, 11 snaps. So, you know, you're just in a tough spot overall. And and then when you start with your, your backup, you know, quarterback, you're it's it's just a different scenario. Yeah, I mean, we've talked so much over the last few weeks about two of the things that staples that the Eagles have done over this winning streak was moving the pocket, and you're not going to do that as much with Josh McCown nope. in the game, uh, and the screen game. The screen game almost disappeared on the back end uh, you know, after that Carson Wentz injury. Um, yep. they, did, they didn't run too many screens, and the ones they did didn't go all that well. Um, I think when you look at uh, a change in the game plan, one thing that they certainly went more towards was you know some of these vertical concepts. The three-level stretches were very effective. Uh, we saw the one that you mentioned, the 32-yarder to Ertz, I agree. Extremely well-designed play uh, to beat that cover three uh, bounce lock coverage. I thought that they did, you know, worked some of those three-level stretches pretty well. Goddard caught one. Greg Ward caught one. Yeah. Uh, you know, Shelton Gibson that was targeted on the pass interference down the field on one. So certainly they tried to use those kind of concepts uh, that played more into Josh McCown's wheelhouse. But uh, at the end of the day, just just not enough. And it was unfortunate. This is a group that, uh, like I said, battled through uh, what was the last few weeks of the season. No question. Uh, yeah, and you're right about a lot of those concepts. It was you know, those three-level stretches, but it's also a high-low concept at its yep. core. And yes. they did a nice job with those. Now, I thought, again, if you're looking at it from the Seahawks' perspective, and, of course, I'm, I'm looking at it from both perspectives because, you know, obviously going forward for me on the matchup show, I have to really look at the Seahawks as well. You know, if you're a Seahawks fan, you're probably all concerned because there were an awful lot of voids in, in their zone coverage mm-hmm. concepts, whether it was the split safety or whether it was cover three, and that's something you'd have to be concerned about. But the Eagles did a nice job exploiting that at times. Yep. No, no question. Let's go over to the defensive side. Um, Certainly some plays, some breakdowns we can discuss. One thing that was present from the opening drive was Fletcher Cox was outstanding in this game. He was unblockable. We saw the matchups with Joey Hunt that I know you must have been chuckling at watching the film back this morning. But whether it was him, whether it was DJ Fluker, you know, whoever, it didn't matter who Fletcher was lined up against. When he was one-on-one, he was winning on Sunday. No question. And, and of course, we talked about that last week. I actually did that on the NFL matchup show as well from the first matchup because we knew they would do that again. And they came right out and did that because it's just it, it, it's it's a mismatch. Fletcher Cox on Joey Hunt is a mismatch. 
And the Eagles did a lot of that five across front with Cox the zero technique and Bradham the stand-up three technique. Um, that was really part of what they did out of their dime, uh, where they played with six defensive backs, and they were very effective with it. Um, you know, the issue you always face, and it turned out to be at times an issue in this game, was the second reaction plays by Russell Wilson. They were a big factor in yeah. this game. Yeah, you mentioned those five across fronts, the diamond fronts. Uh, real quickly, before we get to Russell Wilson, um, I thought that Seattle, in the last three quarters of the game, had a nice adjustment to some of those looks where, uh, you know, we broke down a play on Eagles game plan. You did a great job of breaking the play down, uh, how they had used, um, you know, Nigel Bradham up on the line of scrimmage. Yep. And they would slide, you know, at the end of the game, they were sliding the protection away from Bradham not believing that he would come and he would get matched up on the running back and you'd get Malcolm Jenkins flying in and all that. So you did a great job of breaking that down. What I saw on film this morning was uh, Seattle did a very nice job of later in the game, after they had seen our Fletcher Cox, they're doing the same thing to us, sliding towards Bradham and now saying, okay, we're going to bring a tight end in and we're going to leave yep. the tight end one-on-one -on -one with a defensive end, now forcing, okay, if you're going to green dog off the tight end, you're coming from further distance to try and get after Wilson and the ball was able to come out. And I thought that was a really nice adjustment by Seattle <coughs> against what the Eagles were trying to do to force those one-on-ones. I thought they also did a really good job, Seattle, of understanding that the Eagles are a green dog defense, yeah. and they had the back, Apt Homer, who was very good at this, by the way, in this game, absolutely aware of who the green dogger would be mm. based on the on that five across and, and who was really who had him, so to speak, you know, they knew who would have Homer, and then he went to get someone else, and they did a really nice job with that. Yeah, and you mentioned third down, uh, or you know, the Russell Wilson, the second reaction plays, but uh, third down defense. I mean, they were eight for fifteen on third down, uh, 53 percent on the day, and that's that was tough to overcome. Some of those third and longs that were really just were you know killer. kicks in the gut. I mean, some of those you know Russell Wilson making plays with his legs. Uh, he gets outside the pocket. He's able to create, and you know, I think a lot of people will say, all right, well, what what happened? What was the overarching theme on these? And I'll tell you what, like watching it, there were times where the defensive line won quickly. You know, I can remember one play in my mind where Fletcher Cox, he clubs the left guard, gets into the backfield. Russell Wilson has to get off his spot. He breaks contain outside to his right and runs for a first down. Then there were others where the coverage was tight and Russell Wilson just had time and then bought more time and bought more time. The rush didn't get home and he was able to make a play outside the pocket and throw for a first down. So, you know, there were, I think both ends of it, I think a lot of people say, oh, the rush wasn't good enough. The coverage wasn't good enough. Overall, they just didn't get enough where both were on the same page on the same play to create big plays. Just one sack, no turnovers on the night for the Eagles defense. Yeah. And I think the secondary action ones were, were, were really critical. I mean, you talk about the, uh, the he hit Metcalf for 24 yards on third and 11 on that first quarter field goal drive, yep. and that was actually a case where Jenkins green dogged, and 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 he actually got in clean, and Wilson moved away from him and made a great throw to Metcalf who adjusted his route. Yep. Um, and uh, you know I thought that, I thought the two key plays theoretically I mean there there's always a lot of key plays in a game, but that drive at the end of the first half yeah. where he hits Metcalf on mesh which was really beautifully designed. And then the following play, I think – I can't remember whether it was the next play or the play after when he hit more, and that was a sec second reaction play. And those two plays, I mean, they covered 52 yards in a heartbeat, and that's what got him down inside the five, which, of course, ended with a Lynch, Lynch touchdown. Yeah, the one thing about that David Moore catch that I, I found to be impressive from a Seattle standpoint, um, you know, give a lot of credit to David Moore because he's running across the field on a, on a crossing route, and Craven LeBlanc is right on his hip – if he does not come back, meaning he, meaning David Moore, if David Moore does not come back to the football on that throw, 
Remember, Craven LeBlanc, he lunges to tackle more. If he had just kept running east-west, he probably has tackled for a medium gain, and who knows what happens after that. But right. since he came back and attacked the football, when LeBlanc reaches out, he's grasping nothing but air. He gets a bunch of grass, and that's it, as uh, Moore then re- retreats seven yards into the backfield behind where he was uh, and then runs for a big gain. Um, give a lot, of credit, a, a lot of credit to David Moore in that instance because he made a huge play. Obviously, Russell Wilson... Um, you know, we mentioned he, he was outstanding and making those second reaction throws, those plays outside of structure. Uh, I, you know, sometimes those go well. You know, I can think back to that last one in week 12, the last time these two teams played. Russell Wilson was breaking the pocket, was running around and ran into a couple sacks. The Eagles sacked yeah. him six times in that game. So uh, that's kind of the double edged sword of playing that way. In this game, he was outstanding and made a lot of the big plays that changed the outcome. No, without question. And that's what you always can get in any given re- week with Russell Wilson. And uh, and then there were some throws too where the Eagles just couldn't get any pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. And 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 he was able to sit there. I I can think of um, uh, the 19 yarder on third and ten to start the fourth quarter. You know where it seemed like Wilson was sitting in the pocket for four or five seconds. That's the one where Moore just physically ate up Maddox at the top of his route stem, and he was wide open. Right. Yep. And that's a third and ten, I believe. And you know you have to get off the field on third and ten, particularly in a game like this. Yep. Uh, they and so you mentioned the, the lack of pressure consistently. Uh, they tried to tune up the blitz a little bit. We saw yep. that on that, that final drive. Uh, the Eagles go cover zero on third down. Uh, what the Seattle comes back with a fake screen to the outside. They had burned them on a on a screen pass, the wide receiver screen. Uh, it, back in week twelve against the cover zero blitz to DK Metcalf. Metcalf catches that one and goes you know fifteen yards for a first down. And then they pump the screen on this case and then throw it downfield to Metcalf, who comes up with a big day, a big play, and obviously steals the. Victory, victory. Metcalf, extremely physically gifted. You and I both watched him yeah, uh, yeah. when he was coming out of Ole Miss. There was no doubt about his talent. I think really the big thing was, number one, he was raw, and everyone knew that, but number two, the injuries as well uh, were a big deal, and every team was going to react to that differently during the draft process. Yeah, but he's he's a very interesting player, and you know, you talk about that last play that covers the year. I thought that the Eagles showed it just a hair too early, and I think that, that Wilson saw it, and he knew what he had. Yep. And, uh, you know, I don't know whether he was going to throw the screen or not. We don't know that. You know, they're not going to tell you that. But I thought that they showed it a hair too early. And once he saw that it was going to be Epps on Metcalf, he, he was throwing the ball to Metcalf. But but he, you know, Metcalf is at his best running vertical routes, crosser slants, getting the ball on the move using his speed and, and his size. He certainly wins a lot of one-on-one matchups on the outside. And, he, and they isolate him as the boundary X. But he's, he, he's a tough matchup. Yeah, no question. Uh, certainly uh, one of the more physically imposing wide receivers still uh, playing right now uh, in the playoffs. But, uh, Greg, the one big thing before we close out, uh, you know, obviously the injury to Brandon Graham as well, as he was in and out of the lineup, certainly impacted. I mentioned that they would bring in uh, an extra tight end to be able to help against those five across looks by leaving a tight end one-on-one with a defensive end. And whether, you know, that was Vinnie Curry, whether that was Josh Sweat coming off the edge, um, yep. you know, they, they, they were able to get those matchups done. And again, those defensive ends are coming from depth. The ball was typically coming out a little bit quick. But uh, still, you know, losing Brandon Graham uh, at certain key points in this game certainly hurt the Eagles' defense. Oh, without question. Because, you know, Cox, we, we know that Cox can be absolutely dominant, and he certainly had many dominant snaps in this game. But I think Graham overall has probably been snap after snap the most consistently good D lineman this year. And he was a big, big loss because yeah. he moves around as well. You know, he's he's obviously Cox can be a matchup player inside, but Graham can be a matchup player both on the edge and and inside. And they lose. They lost that. 
Yeah, no question. Well, Greg, uh, we're going to catch up next week, and we're going to talk all about this Eagles team, go position by position, kind of look at it overarching, big th- big picture thinking, going into the offseason and into the 2020 season and beyond. So we'll go big picture uh, talking about this roster for next week's show. But until then, uh, thank you for joining us once again here on Chalk Talk on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, Fran, appreciate it. Thanks. Great stuff from Greg, as always. And you can follow him on Twitter just like I do, at Greg Cosell. And while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know how much I appreciate everybody that listens to the show, but especially the ones that promote it on social media. And especially, especially the ones that go on to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Leave us a rating and leave us a comment. I want to give a shout out to a couple of people who have done that over the last few weeks. Jose Brocaro left a five-star review saying they love the show and it's an awesome podcast. Jose, thank you very much. And then a couple longtime listeners as well chimed in with comments. Rich Bobby left a five-star review saying that this show got him on the road to subscribing to the NFL Game Pass just for the All-22 film. Rich, thank you so much. Really appreciate your listenership over the years. And then Patrick Cossey left a five star review as well saying that this show is a must listen for Eagles fans and how we do a great job of simplifying complex football concepts so that the average fan can understand them and Patrick I can't tell you how nice of you that is to say that is literally our goal each and every week I know I can speak for Greg when I say that whenever we speak to you guys here on the show or any of the other content we do we want to take what we see on film and simplify it make it more easily digestible for the average fan so Patrick really appreciate that Uh, same with you Rich Jose thank you for to you guys and thank you to all of you out there for listening not just to this show but all of our podcast offerings at philadelphiaeagles.com all right before we wrap this up again just a couple quick reminders this show is not going going anywhere so stay tuned we talked earlier with greg we're going to talk about with him next week big picture thoughts about this team going into the offseason and then 2020 and beyond we've got the journey to the draft podcast uh fueled by gear or driven by AAA. that podcast is really just kicking into high gear we've been going each week through the through the football season well we've got a lot in store over the next few weeks obviously like I said earlier, Shrine Bowl next week, Senior Bowl the week after that. Combine is, is right, you know, very close down the road. So make sure you're subscribed over to the Journey to the Draft podcast, uh, driven by AAA. And then, as always, again, I said it last week as well, uh, go check out that survey that I've got posted. It's connected right here in the show description. You can just go on your phone, slide right, you'll see the description, and you can uh, click on that link. It takes a couple of minutes. You can do it right from your phone, or if you want to do it from your computer, you just go to eagle or philadelphiaeagles.com slash survey. Again, I posted it on my Twitter handle as well. All right. That'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.